Welcome to the Other Side Sports Podcast. I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, let's have this Clippers instant reaction win over Utah. I know you're happy, bud. Man, I am thrilled after seeing that performance uh, in game three. Uh, Let's make no mistake about it, man. This was a must-win game for the Clippers. Uh, Wouldn't you agree with that, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a must-win. You know, you definitely don't want to go down 3-0 in the uh, semifinals because Utah's a good team, but I feel like um, you got to credit Ty Lue. I, I just yes. like the way Ty, Ty Lue is so doggone even keel, man. It's, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to the Clippers and the reason why they will continue to advance in the playoffs is his leadership and just the way he handles the stars and handles the media I think is uh, – you know, he's one of the best at it. And that's also what I kind of like about Vogel, too. Um, I just think the way they handle it, they don't get too high, they don't get too low. And they know, you know, people keep criticizing him for, for you know, using so many players and going all these crazy rotations. But let's say if he just kept running the same players out there and they got their heads beat in, then he'll get criticized for that, too. So I like the way he's handling the playoffs so far for the Clippers. Yeah, and, you know, God, Skip Bayless said something on a tweet today that, you know, I hate to go back to Skip Bayless, bro, but (laughs) he said, you know, Ty Lue's got a lot of buttons to push. Let's hope he pushes the right buttons, right? And and he's right in that, and in the sense that, you know, Ty Lue, the Clippers got a deep team, man. They got a lot of guys come off the bench that are capable. It's just fitting it into a a series, uh, and, 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 you know, with what works. But the thing that he did tonight, man, you know, just to kind of – analyze this thing a little bit what happened tonight uh obviously game one game two were super close uh tonight the Clippers kind of ro- ran away with it but it was pretty close throughout they held a 10 point lead for most of the game and they kind of kind of pulled away um and I told you I thought this game these are going to be close these teams are a lot more evenly matched than what I talked about last week on the pod I was talking last week like Clippers will roll this thing in six and I, I think they're a lot better than the Jazz you know, the Jazz, I underestimated him a little bit, and I underestimated how much of a star Donovan Mitchell is because he's playing out of his mind. But the things that the Clippers did really tonight, they did a, two things really that, that I thought really set the tone for the night. One, and I know you're going to hate me saying this because I'm like talking, it's like me just saying the same thing over and over again, and I hate to beat a dead horse. But if you look at the minutes played tonight, there were three Clippers that played over 35 minutes tonight. And that, of course, is Kawhi and PG. And the third guy's Nick Batoon, man. Nick Batoon is the glue that holds this team together. That's just the way it is. He's a great a defender. He can play the five, but he can shoot the three ball. And when you've got a big guy like Gobert and you got Batoon playing the five, yeah, Gobert's going to hit some, get some offensive rebounds. He's going to do his thing off the glass. But Gobert cannot come out and guard Batoon, and he has to because Batoon's a really good three point shooter, right? So it just puts Gobert in a bad position. He doesn't want to play, you know, above the perimeter. He wants to be under that basket, shot blocking and doing his thing. So I thought that move was really crucial for Ty Lue. And then the other thing which kind of goes goes along with that was he just went totally small. I mean, those guys played 35-plus minutes, but Toon played the five a lot of those. Marcus Morris only played 22 minutes. So you're talking about really his three-man rotation coming off the bench 
where Terrence Mann, Pat Bev, and, uh, you know, a little bit of Zubak, but for the most part, and Kennard also played 17, so a little Zubak, but you're getting three guys off the bench that all had like 17 to 20 minutes or more, all of them guards, and Pat Bev, Mann, and Kennard. So the Clippers went totally small, and I just don't think the Jazz were able to adjust to it. It'll be interesting to see what adjustments they make going into game four with that. Um, also, you know, Kawhi manned up, and he keeps hooked Donovan Mitchell for a lot of that early stuff. Um, you sent me that tweet. It does look like that the Clippers did a lot of doubling they were basically running the same defense that ran on Luca. They ran on Donovan Mitchell. And to me, it's, they're very similar in, in the fashion that Luca does everything offensively for the Mavs and Mitchell does everything for the jazz. So yeah, I really like the adjustments that he made tonight. And I think going forward, it'll be interesting to see how the jazz rebound with that uh, in game four. Hey, Anthony. Yeah. Utah's Utah's goose has been cooked. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they they're done. I'm sorry. And go bear. Here here's the thing that I I I don't I knew I didn't like Utah, and there's a reason why I don't like them. First of all, Mitchell is a little prima donna with the whole injury stuff. And you're right. You shouldn't have kicked that chair, Trump. You know, you <laughs> right. have, if your ankles hurt, why are you kicking a chair? Exactly. So so so, and he he's just a prima donna. I mean, he's good, but he doesn't. You know, I think Shaq was kind of right when he kind of called him out a little bit. And I know yep. people thought Shaq was harsh at the time, but I mean, Shaq's a freaking Hall of Famer, man. He knows, and I just think this guy, man, yeah, you know, he he has all these flashy moves and everything, but when you get up in him and you get up in his space, he folded like a cheap tent, bro. I'm sorry. I, I know he had the he. I know he had what 29 points, or whatever, but. I mean, you get hot from three. Anybody can kind of pour it on, but I just didn't. I I I just didn't like what I saw from him, and he was kind of looking for calls and things of that nature. And I just didn't like what I saw from him. And then Gobert is just goofy. I'm sorry, he's goofy. He can't handle the ball. He's got butterfingers, and uh, I just think the Clippers have figured him out. And I really, and I'm not trying to do any reverse jinxes or anything. I think the Clippers are going to win the next three games. I really do, bro. I really do. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. I will say a couple things since I kind of analyzed what I thought the Clippers did right. Uh, let me kind of analyze what I think the Jazz did wrong. I mean, they're still up two games to one, so I don't want to be too critical on them. Um, but Donovan Mitchell is a big reason why they were up two games to one. I mean, the Clippers could have easily won both games one, game two. They had a 13-point lead at the half game one and blew it. They had, you know, came back from down 20 to take a two-point lead, and they missed like 10 shots in a row. A lot of them open looks in the fourth quarter. Just the role players didn't hit shots down the stretch. And honestly, I believe that's why Marcus Morris got his minutes cut dramatically today is because he just he shot the ball horrible in the fourth quarter uh, in game two and and he took way too many shots for somebody who wasn't hitting so um but what the jazz man i'll tell you for me jordan clarkson he drives me absolutely insane watching a man like i'm happy that he's doing what he's doing because it's helping my team out but I'll tell you, man, I know he's the sixth man of the year, and I know he's a good player, but he just plays one-on-one -on -one hero ball way too much. I mean, I don't know if he thinks he's LeBron James or Kevin Durant or what, but it just drove me insane. There was a lot of times where, you know, he had Ingles or some of these other guys wide open, and instead he's going, you know, playing this hero ball and jacking up these crazy threes, just driving me absolutely nuts. So I think that's really going to hurt the Jazz. I really think the only thing the Jazz have left is you hit the nail on 
on the head actually uh, through text earlier. If Mike Conley can come back and add the spark, that could be enough to get the Jazz through this series. So he's got to come back in game four. I know they were kind of making it seem like, well, they might have kept them out tonight because they were up 2-0. But I would have played him if even if he was, you know, if he was healthy and ready to play, I would have played him tonight. Because when you got a team like the Clippers on the ropes, you got to hit the knockout punch. You can't let him come back. So Conley's got to come in game four and he's got to contribute heavy. I think he can. But you're right. Just everything you said about, you know, Mitchell and being kind of the thin skin prima donna that's where i think a mike conley a veteran player like him could come in and really help glue this team together so that's kind of what i'm looking at in game four i expect the clippers to do very similar tonight to what they did in game four um and then the other couple two guys that i gotta just you know call out in a good way for the clippers so and i had to do this last week too so i don't know if i'm just completely like eating crow on this guy but Remember how much crap I would talk about Reggie Jackson to you before, like, like couple months ago? Reggie played out of his mind again today. In the first half, he just did his thing. I mean, he shot the ball so well tonight. He was six of eight from the field and made, I think, four or five threes. I mean, this was a guy that would drive me crazy earlier in the year because he would just keep shooting and shooting and shooting. But throughout this playoffs, Reggie Jackson has been phenomenal. I mean, I don't believe the Clippers would have beat the Mavericks had it not been for what Reggie Jackson did. And they wouldn't have definitely wouldn't have won tonight without Reggie Jackson. And in game two, I know it was a losing effort, but Jay Reggie Jackson single-handedly brought that team back in the third quarter, man. He started sparked a run. And it just seems like there was a time in the game tonight where the Jazz put the lead down to eight and then Reggie hit a big three. And I'm like, man, it just seems like Reggie's the guy that every time a run's going on on the Jazz, Reggie hits a big three and kind of stops it. So I gotta give Reggie a lot of credit. He's really played well in the playoffs and then PG, man, my guy PG, playoff P, pandemic P, whatever we're going to call him. You know, I'm hoping my guy gets his confidence back because the Clippers need him. They don't need him to be the old Paul George. But they need him to be steady. They need him to be a 20 to 25 point guy and, and to shoot the ball efficiently. I thought game two, he shot the, he had a lot of points. I think he had 29 points game two, but he did not shoot the ball efficiently. Took way too many shots, way too many misses. So tonight, they got more along the lines of what they needed. He was red hot from three. I hope that that'll trend in the game four. But it's nice for PG. I just I've never seen a guy take so much flack on social media as PG does. So anytime he can have a good game and kind of shut the critics up, I got to call him out for him. So way to go, PG. Yeah, I and I also like what Lou did with Reggie. Reggie started feeling himself a little bit, so Lou took the ball out of his hands and, and gave it to Paul George. Yes, he did. So I did. I did like that because Reggie started once he started uh, once he was four for four. That could that can also go the other way too. You know what yep. I'm saying? Because he's not much of a distributor. He's not much of a setup guy. He's, he's a scorer. He's, yeah, he's a scorer. He's a gunner. And yeah, you're right. Reggie's been pretty solid. This entire playoffs. He, he and, reminds me uh, of Jamal Crawford, man. Remember yep, how Jamal yep. Crawford instant, was? Instant, instant, uh, instant, instant offense. offense. Yep. And uh, yes, I like the way Ty Lue's managing him. Ty Lue can tell when Reggie's getting a little full of himself, and he just I like the way he took the ball out of his hand and he got got it into PG's hand. And just like I said, too, um, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Batum. I'm the one who's got to eat crow and Batum. You know, I really thought Batum. You know, and then after I thought about it, he really didn't play a lot in Charlotte, so he wouldn't. His body wouldn't like say beat up from just just you know a uh, couple years of just hard 
uh, NBA, uh, you know, grinding, beating and banging. So actually he, he, he stole money from Charlotte and then he went to the Clippers <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, he's actually, so I got to eat some crow there on, on Nick Patoon, but yeah, I like, I, I really like what the Clippers have going. And I just think that uh, they need to get done with this series as quick as possible. Cause, cause Phoenix is going to sweep, uh, they're going to sweep Denver tomorrow. Um, Denver just don't have the horses and Phoenix is in such a groove right now, man. Everything's clicking. And uh, I just think the Clippers need to get, they, they really need to put the pedal down on these guys. Don't play around with freaking Utah on Monday. I think they play Monday if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yes, they did Monday night. Yeah, they, they need to play Monday and then they need to go win game five in Utah. They really do, man. Um because Phoenix is going to be waiting, man. Phoenix is going to sweep uh, Denver tomorrow, and then Phoenix will just be sitting there waiting for, I, I you know, waiting for the Clippers to to get through or, through this series. You know, yeah, it's interesting how it's all going to play out because, you know, if the Clippers can get by this Utah series, which I do agree, they need the they need to win Game Four and Game Five. They, they really need to try to close this thing out in six. Yeah. Yeah. Also, because of the just the atmosphere of what Utah's arena is going to be like in a game seven, which is, I mean, it would be tough to to win. I I think the Clippers can win it. I think they've shown how physically tough they are this year. I actually think the mentality has been so much different. I credit Ty Lue for that. I think, I think Doc Rivers, be honest, I think a Doc Rivers coach Clippers team would have lost to Dallas last Sunday in game seven. I really believe that. I think Ty's completely changed the culture there in in Chauncey Billups. I give Chauncey Billups a lot of credit too. Um, But you're right. I think, they need to get through it as quick as can because the other series is over, man. I know we talked uh, kind of we've been kind of doing a little round robin talking about all the other series. And, you know, we'll try to keep it fairly quick tonight since it's late. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's if Denver maybe can pull game four out, but even if they pull it out, they're losing in five. So, I mean, Phoenix yeah. is at, at worst case scenario winning in five games, um, which is crazy for the Clippers, man, because they got some storylines here. You know, if they get through this uh this series against uh, Utah, they got Chris Paul waiting for them in a finals, which would be, yeah. you know, Chris Paul's first Western Conference finals, the Clippers franchise first Western Conference finals. They've never even been to a freaking fi- Western Conference finals in 60 years of being a franchise. Basically, my whole life of me just looking at mediocrity. So I'm hoping that they can get there and Chris Paul waiting on them would be a hell of a storyline. And then, you know, it, no matter who gets through, whether it's Chris Paul or the Clippers, you probably got Blake and DeAndre waiting for you on the other side because they're both members of, you know, that Brooklyn squad. So flipping over to the East, I, I think both of those series are done too, man. I'd like to touch on those two here, get your input on those as well. But my opinion, the Sixers got Atlanta done. I, I don't I don't anticipate that Atlanta is going to going to come back in that series. I think Philadelphia is going to win that series in six. Um, and then the Nets, I mean, if it wasn't for that, just – I don't know what the heck uh, – who was – what's that guy's name? Brown, who took the shot the other night uh, while KD was standing Bruce, there. Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah, man, I don't know what the hell he was doing. That series should already be over. Um, so, with all intents and purposes, I, I think the Nets and the Sixers are pretty much going to be on a collision course to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously with the Nets, the Nets just I, I think when they figured out the the rest were the rest, it was just a different game. You know, uh, it was really, really physical. It was it was sort of a slog. You know what I'm saying? Sloppy, it, too. A lot of yeah, slop. And, and, and it took it took, 
that type of game along with just KD and Kyrie and Joe Harris basically being off, you know what I'm saying, in terms of being, you know, in a nice rhythm. And Giannis and Giannis and them still barely won. So you're right. That series over. Um, I think the Nets are going to destroy them tomorrow and then wrap it up in Brooklyn. Um, I think they would play what in Brooklyn on Tuesday. I expect that to be wrapped up. And then Philly. Yeah, I think Philly's going to win the next uh, win the the next two from Atlanta. I think that Joel Embiid imposes will uh, yesterday, uh, last night. And um, the, 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 the Hawks just don't have an answer for him. They don't. And uh, and so – and Danny Green, believe it or not, Danny Green was kind of – and I hate it for Danny because he's such a pro and a veteran and everything, but he's got that calf – he's got that calf uh, strain and looks like he's going to be out the next two to three weeks. And actually, they got really faster. They got better when Danny Green was out. And that that – to me, when you have something like that and then it kind of brings everything together – that just kind of lets me know that Philly's ready to take off now. So, yeah, it's going to be Philly and Brooklyn, and I think it's going to be Clippers and Phoenix. And believe it or not, as a Lakers fan, I'm excited about all those two series. You know what I'm saying? Because if your team's out, you definitely want teams that are going to have that star potential and also the versatility to make it a competitive conference final. So I'm I'm very happy with what the NBA is going to uh, give us in the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, um, couple points there. One, you're right about Danny Green. I don't know why Danny Green's starting though. That's the thing that I'm like can't wrap my head around it. Like, why are they playing him so many minutes? He is. You talk about somebody that's washed, bro. Danny Green. You yeah. knew. You knew this before the year started because yeah. you know you had yeah. him on the Lakers last year. That dude's not a starter. He's not even a role player, bench player anymore at this point in his career. So I, I mean, I'm just Doc Rivers, man. He, like he's Doc. A- He's a tone. He's a he's a he's 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 more of a tone setter, more of a calming effect. You know what I'm saying? Um, he just doesn't have the physical, the 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 lateral movement. And you're right. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why Doc would even put him in that position. You know what yes. I'm saying? But at the same time, I could see him starting him just to kind of get the flow of the game. But then at the first TV timeout, bringing in um, the uh, oh, the kid from Kentucky. Uh, kind of reminds me of Terrence Mann. Ah, the other kid. You know who I'm talking about. The young kid. Not yeah. Thibault, not Thibel, but the other guy. The other guy. I can't remember. But, oh, but, you, yeah. but you know who I'm talking about, though, in terms of Milton. Um, not Milton, right? Um, either Shake Milton or the or the other, it's, it's another guy too. Um, I, I'll get his name, but yeah, you know, you can. I can see you starting Danny, just like I said for the first, you know, till the first TV timeout. And then you just go with your, I would call your young horses, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I I don't understand what Doc is doing there at all either. I mean, I don't know, man. I wouldn't even start him. I think the Danny Green should be playing like a Luke Kennard role with what the Clippers are doing right now. Yep, like, yep, yep. He, Luke Danny has Green a couple big buckets tonight. Yeah, he can't shoot consistently enough to have him on the floor that much. He's just not not that guy anymore. Um, now for the Sixers though, Kyrie's I Maxie. Sorry, Maxie. Kyrie, okay, Kyrie's yeah. Maxie, yeah. I got to give uh, Seth Curry a lot of credit, man, because I've watched – I cannot believe how good of a player he's really transitioned himself into. So I like that spark of him in the starting lineup. But you're right. At the end of the day, the Sixers are just – they're just better than the Hawks right now, and they're going to win that series. Um, they're just – I don't see any way around it. And then over into the other series, I got to touch on our superstar guy here, that the guy that made me crow last year, 
dude, Giannis is like, I haven't really watched a lot of Giannis this year because, <laughs> you know, they're they're not on TV much, right? I've really watched a lot of Giannis throughout the playoffs. Giannis yeah. drives me absolutely insane. I can't watch him anymore, man. For one, <laughs> his jump shot is just atrocious, man. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. terrible. <laughs> and then to make matters worse, have you ever seen a guy with a worse free throw routine than what Giannis has? I mean, I've never seen a guy get called for a 10-second violation shooting free throws, and it's happened twice in the playoffs, bro. He yeah. is awful. And then he airballed a free throw the other night to boot. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? Just get the ball and shoot it. I mean, Giannis, I know I feel like we've beaten a dead horse with this one too, but if he ever wants to, you know, take that next level and be an elite player, he is going to have to develop just a mid-range jumper. That's all he needs. He just needs the Kawhi mid-range game. And the dude is Aaron free throws, and he's out here jacking up three-pointers like crazy. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're not even – you can't hit a free throw. Why do you think you're going to be able to hit a three ball? And, of course, he ended up going like one of six from three. You know, that was a big reason why the Nets were able to keep it close uh, at game three. So, yeah, man, Giannis, I don't know, man. I'm starting to think Giannis, I don't think, will ever win a championship as the guy on any squad. I'm just telling unless he changes and gets into a jump shooter and becomes a Blake Griffin-type jump, mid-range jumper, he will never win a championship as the number one. He will have to go somewhere and get help to win a championship because that style just ain't cutting it, bro. It's just not – yeah, no, Giannis has been exposed, and um, I think Giannis made a big mistake by signing that long extension, and I get it, you know, you want to create generational wealth for your family and, and, and those, you know, other, you know, kids, kids, grandkids, whatever, but I think, honestly, I thought Giannis should have signed with Dallas, you going, you know, going in next year, where it would be Giannis and Luka, and Luka could basically just set him up, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, Giannis is, for whatever reason, he's just, you're right, I cannot watch his game. game is so horrible in terms of aesthetically. I know he puts up numbers just because he's so big. Um, but, but yeah, when it comes down to it, yeah, he, he, he's not that guy, and he's not going to be able to um, get uh, the bucks over the hump. I just don't think he can do it. Yeah, he, he can. He can. And, and then last year, another superstar that I – I need your opinion on this one too, man, because last week I'm pretty sure I picked Denver to win that series against Phoenix. Um, I think I picked it in seven games. I thought Jokic would just be too much for Jay Crowder and Aiton and those guys. Like, what the hell's going on with Jokic, man? Like, he wins this MVP award, but he has been very pedestrian in this series. Not the guy that I saw last year absolutely raining threes and eliminating my Clippers in the semifinals. So I don't know what the deal is with him. I was telling a friend the other day, by the way, seems like every time the Clippers play a team, the other superstar just shoots the three ball out of his freaking mind. I mean, Luka did it against us last year and this year. Joker did it against us last year. And then Mitchell's doing it again this series. I don't know what the hell, you know, these superstars do against the Clippers, but all of a sudden they all turn into freaking Ray Allen. <laughs> They play the Clippers, but uh, what what is going on with Jokic in this series, man? Is he being exposed? Because he's just not he's just not doing enough. Well, he, well, uh, I mean, no, he's not. Because I mean, you know, last night, man, he had a thirty point triple. He had thirty, twenty, and ten. So he's doing his part. The problem is, you got Aaron Gordon, 
You got uh, who who is not bringing anything to the table. Michael got, Porter's not uh, playing well at all. Yeah, yeah. Michael Porter's hurt. Be honest with you, he's hurt. Uh, he he can barely even move. I don't even know why he they're even playing him now. He's hurt. So Jokic is he just doesn't have anybody. I I got to give him a pass in this series though. He just doesn't he just doesn't have anybody in in the in this particular series. Um, Devin Booker and uh, Cameron Payne and those other guards they've just they just swallowed up Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is an absolute non-factor. And uh, Monte Morris, they're non-factors against those Phoenix guards. So, I mean, I'm going to give Jokic a pass because he didn't have Murray. And uh, it's just a bad matchup. And Aiton, for whatever reason, Aiton has just gone to another level. And um, so, yeah, I'll just like I said, Jokic did all he could. He had 30, 20, and 10. But, unfortunately, he's just not getting any help, man. So, yeah, that's that's why it's going to be over because the the other guys are just not stepping up, man. And Aaron Gordon, I if I was Denver, I would just let I would literally let him go because he's terrible, bro. He's just one of those players where I don't I don't know what happened to Aaron Gordon, but he, he ain't that dude. Yeah, I watched that game last night. Aaron Gordon played. I mean, when I mean played bad, he played atrocious last night. Like, I haven't heard anybody calling him out like Paul George has been Paul getting called right, out. Right, right, right. The numbers for Aaron Gordon in the series, they are laughable. If you look at what he's done this series, I mean, talk about a non-factor. Wow, he has been – wow, he has been horrible. And that was a trade at the trade deadline when they brought Aaron Gordon into Denver. Of course, we thought Jamal Murray was yeah, going to be healthy. Yeah, Jamal Murray was – wasn't Jamal Murray – he played like one game with them. Yes. Two games before he got hurt, and they were on a roll. They, yes, and, and I thought when they brought him in, I said, all right, they got him with Porter, with Murray, with Joker. I yeah. think that's going to be a strong team. I, I, I thought that – you know, one of the L.A. teams, because at the time I thought the L.A. teams were the two best. Right. Um, I thought one of them would have to really fight with Denver to get to the finals. I thought right, they would right, be the right. team that'd right. be spoiling the Battle of L.A. when right. they added Aaron Gordon. But, yeah, man, I don't I don't know if it's just, you know, I'm not sure what the deal is. I, I wouldn't quite get rid of him yet because I would wait till Jamal Murray comes back next year and see if he could kind of glue this whole piece together. I think Jamal Murray is kind of the – the architect of that offense. Um, so I, we knew they were at a disadvantage this year anyways. But, yeah, this series, man, he has been terrible. And they, they probably – honestly, they should look in, at reducing his minutes somehow here going into the next game because they're just – they're not going to win if they don't. Yeah, and, and I think Porter is a game-time decision already. So that tells me that he probably won't even play. And so if he doesn't play, then good Lord, he just got Jokic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he won't be able to fend those. I mean, the thing that scares me about Phoenix, man, they see blood. And, I mean, they are – they are. it's like a team can't even make a run against them. That's how That's how consistent they're playing, you know. So, Phoenix is going to be a tough out regardless. But, uh, yeah, I just think that's a bad matchup for Jokic now, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, just looking forward going ahead – Obviously, we both think Phoenix is going to knock Denver out. If not tomorrow, they're definitely going to knock them out in game five. Oh, yeah. Um, so just looking ahead, if Phoenix takes on the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals, I really believe Phoenix is going to take the Jazz out in like five games. Oh, yeah. Because the, 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 the reason that I say that is because you're talking about no playoff, no finals experience on the 
floor at all. I mean, Chris Paul's a veteran, but he has never been to a finals, like I mentioned earlier. So, And, of course, you got Mitchell and you got Booker and you got all these guys who've just never been there before. So I think when you've got a lot of guys who've never been there before, talent is always going to overcome. And I just think the Phoenix is just better. Um, Now, if the Clippers roll with Phoenix in the finals – I think the Clippers have a shot to beat Phoenix. I think it would take them seven games because Phoenix is that strong. But just the effect, the Kawhi effect of having been there before, done this before type of thing. And I think if we get the Phoenix, I think you'll see Rondo get some more minutes. I think you'll see him getting 15 to 20 minutes a game. When it really comes, you know this, man, when it comes to the Western Conference Finals and even when you get to the NBA Finals, experience is just. It, it just means so much. It's so valuable. We see it every year, guys who, you know, experienced veterans come in out of nowhere and contribute in those big games. So uh, that that's kind of what I'm looking for. As a Clippers fan, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that our experience could get us there. But, you know, first we got to get, get by the Jazz. And in the East, again, with just the experience and everything that we talked about, I don't see any way the Nets aren't going to the NBA Finals. I mean, I know the Sixers, it looks like we both think the Sixers are going to knock the Hawks out, but I know that's kind of been the collision course all year, but I just can't see the Sixers beating the Nets four out of seven games, man. I just can't. I mean, Joel Embiid would literally have to score probably 40 to 45 points a game, and all these other role players, the you know, the Seth Currys, you know, these boys would have to shoot the three ball out of their mind. Tobias Harris, so I just don't see it happening, man. I think we're on a collision course right now for the Nets to be either playing, in my opinion, it's it's the Nets versus either the Suns or the Clippers, uh, depending on what how, how this thing shakes out. Yeah, I think it's going to be either the Suns or the Clippers, and I think obviously for the for the 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 casual fan, um, I I would love to see the Clippers and the Nets uh, go at it. You know what I'm saying? But just like I said, the Clippers—that's why it's very important for the Clippers to just go ahead and and I, I feel like they've got Utah figured out, and they need to go ahead and lay the smackdown on those guys because Phoenix is going to be waiting after tomorrow. You know. Yeah, 100%. All right, I know it's late, so I don't want to, you know, we won't go too long here, but I do want to touch on a little bit of some motorsport stuff, man. So, like, 10 minutes, and then we'll we'll roll off here. So, first, did you get a chance to watch any of this SRX stuff tonight? And if you did... I did not. No, I did not. I don't think YouTube, I don't, I don't think uh, YouTube TV, you know, I streamed through YouTube, and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I was on the big CBS, man. The oh the national God. CBS. Oh my God! Well, I I totally missed it, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let me give a little review of what we had going on. I so one first thing that we see, um, Alan Beswick called the race. Him and Danica Patrick were the commentator slash color analyst. We all know how we both feel about Alan Beswick, man. I mean, the guy tonight just made it more. I'm listening to his voice, and I'm like, God, this guy's so much better than Mike Joy, so much better than, you know, Rick Allen. Allen. Oh, my God. Alan Beswick's a million times better than Rick Allen. So (laughs) it's just, man, do I miss that guy. So the broadcast was really cool. He had some really good um, insight down at the pits from Brad Darty, which I really liked. Me and you, I think we're both pretty high on Brad as well. So anytime you get an insight from him, that's 
amazing. So the way they did the telecast and everything, I liked. Um, all the cars looked beautiful. It was really easy to distinguish the guys because of the color. Every car had a different color, but they were all the same. They had the series sponsors on them. Everybody had a different sponsor. Um, it was a pretty pretty cool little deal. They did like a 15-minute heat race uh, for the two heats, and that kind of started – you know, the first heat was 15 minutes and the invert of the field uh, did another 15 minute heat race. And that was kind of the starter for the main event, which was a hundred lap feature. Was that a little short track uh, Stafford uh, Speedway? And you had to run the same tires throughout the entire race. No pit crews, no nothing. So that was kind of interesting because it was a lot of tire management. Uh, deal with on it so kind of reminded me of like the old irock series man the cars kind of looked like the high rock cars and the racing was good i mean they had a lot of cautions they were beating and banging obviously the indycar boys like paul tracy helio castroneves tony canon they weren't quite up there you know with, with the nascar guys who are used to doing this was a short track asphalt type of deal they are going to run some dirt at eldora and uh stuff like that later but this was asphalt you had some really old guys out there. Bill, I think Bill's like 65 now. He was racing Willie T. Ribs, who I showed you a picture of or sent you a picture of him earlier. He was racing. The older guys couldn't quite hang, but it, it was really Biffle. Greg Biffle, he still got it, man. He was looking great. Him, Bobby Labonte, and then they're going to do a local guy every week, which this week, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he ended up winning the race. The local guy uh, won the deal. So it was pretty cool. They're doing this for the next six weeks, all a different track. So it's on the big channel nine. So I would definitely recommend motor racing fans to check it out. I'm excited when they go to dirt, uh, you know, because obviously you got Tony out there, Seward, and I'm just interested to see one of these guys like a Bobby Labonte, Michael Waltrip, Bill Elliott. I want to see what they got on the dirt because I think the dirt will help the older guys out a little bit. But the, the older guys, they just didn't have anything for the, you know, Biffle, Waltrip. Those guys are in their 40s. Like I say, man, Bill Elliott and, and Willie T. Ribs are both 65 plus. So, but it was a good show, man. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. I, um, I, I just like I said, I hated that I missed it. But the way you described it, man, golly. It seems like they got something really good there the next time it comes on. It, it, it does come back on again, right? Oh, yeah. It's a six-week deal. I believe oh, yeah. it's next yeah. Saturday. I think it's every Saturday for okay. six weeks. But it's a six-week deal. They're they're doing points and all that. Like I say, they've got uh, – they're running uh, the old IRP. Remember IRP? Uh, yeah, Indianapolis yeah, yeah, Raceway yeah. Park. Raceway Park, yeah. Yeah, they're running Eldora one week. Uh, they're running a couple other real small short tracks and then another okay. dirt track. So yeah, man, it's all short tracks and dirt tracks. So okay, yeah, I'll be sure. I'll, I'll I'll definitely be sure to uh, to check it out. And um, man, I enjoyed that old I Rock Racing Series. God, I used to love when Mark Martin and those guys battle. So yeah, no, I'll check that out, man. Sorry I missed it. I'll you know I'll pull it up on YouTube too once it gets there and just kind of check it out and 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 see the highlights and everything. But yeah, you're right about Bestwick. The guys, uh, <laughs> we don't even want to. Well, we don't want to start with NBC, <laughs> right? Um, and your boy Ray Everham is the guy that's working on all these cars. He set oh, all wow. the cars okay, up. That's good. So, yeah, I like Ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ray really Ray set all the cars up. All of them obviously are set up equally because it's yeah. like the IROC series. So yeah, but Ray's the guy doing it. So. That's good, that's pretty man. cool too to get Ray back in the sport and and then even for us even more you know hardcore fans Johnny Benson was driving a pace car so I mean oh, it wow. was a, it was oh. a throwback deal altogether so 
that's all right, man. It was yeah, a pretty cool names. It was a pretty I, cool deal. And, and I know that picture you sent me, man. Willie T. Riz looks great, dude. Sixty six, man. He didn't look bad at all. I mean, yeah, he looks good. Golly. He, they said this is the first time he's been in any race car in like 20 years. So he was wow. a little bit off the pace, but he's going to run all six races. And my guess is next week, now that he's had a race under his belt and he's been back in that car, I think next week he'll be a lot more competitive as they okay. go on. Okay. Hey, um, switching to Indy racing. I, I hate to say this, man, but Jimmy Johnson needs to stop racing Indy cars, bro. <laughs> He's terrible, man. He is terrible. I, I mean, I get it. I respect Jimmy. You want to try something new and all that, but come on, man. 18, he, he's been – he's always, you know, laps. I mean, he's not a lap. He's laps down, bro. And it. I, I just – I mean, I'm not going to tell a guy what they shouldn't do. I'm just pretty sure he's having fun at this point, but it's kind of embarrassing, bro. Dude, let me just tell you, this pretty much sums up Jimmy Johnson's IndyCar life. So he posted a video today, and he's talking about how they made adjustments on the car from practice yesterday, and he picked four seconds up from yesterday to today. So I'm like, damn, he picked four seconds up. That's a huge amount on a street course. So I look it up, and he's still two seconds slower than everybody else in qualifying. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, you picked it up four seconds, and you're still yeah. two seconds slower yeah, than everybody else. I, I, yeah, the champ needs to – the champ needs to needs to find an executive role like Jeff Gordon's gonna find with uh Hendrick. Hey man, that's big that's what I was saying. I was about to segue to that for you, dude, man. You read my man. mind. Man, I would hate that, dude. All right, give me your insights on why you would hate. Because I was gonna ask, what do you think about this? So I, I I'm thinking what, about it from, I'm just thinking about it from a from a Fox viewing standpoint. I think Gordon and freaking Boyer are entertaining, man. And golly, if we take Gordon away from the booth, I, I was thinking he was going to be like the next, you know, him and Boyer were going to be like the next D.W. McReynolds combination. But man, now I'm worried about that. I don't I don't understand that. I, I And I didn't really get a chance to uh, to, to kind of dive in as he was going on. But man, if Hendrick really, really pushing that, Jeff is going to go. You know that, right? He he's going. There's no doubt in my mind. If the rumors already out there, and yeah. Jeff did not come and immediately strike strike it down, I think he's going. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to help Trendrick Motorsports. Jeff's so smart, and anytime the marketing. I mean, you talk about a guy like uh, Alex Bowman, right? And he's yeah. going to talk to a sponsor. And he yeah. brings Jeff Gordon in there with him to talk to the sponsor. Yeah. I mean, you talk about yeah. somebody who's like, oh, my God, that's what Jeff's going to be for Hendrick. And that's just that's just too much to pass up. I will yeah. tell you from the Fox broadcast booth aspect, don't sleep on old Jamie McMurray because I like Jamie Mac. And yeah, I think no, he's I got like a career Jamie doing Mac it. Too. Yeah, I like Jamie and I also like Regan Smith, too, when he, Me too. when he was in the booth. So, yeah, no, I think they'll be fine. Don't get me wrong. I think Jamie McMurray – uh, Regan Smith and, and obviously Boyer. I think they'll be really good. Um, I just would hate from a just from a standpoint of longtime Gordon fan. You know they kind of fade to the background and stuff of that nature. But I get it. You know, hey, I mean, look at your boy Mark Martin. He doesn't even do anything with racing anymore. So I'll get over it. I'm just being selfish at that point. You know. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, my my prediction is because I think this guy's going to retire in two years. 
I think Kevin Harvick will be the next uh, guy for Fox Sports. I give Harvick two more full seasons next year and the year after, and then I think he goes to the Fox booth as well. I just can tell just by his demeanor and stuff and his kids really starting to get into racing and pretty daggone good. So I think Harvick's going to – you know, take a step back and kind of be there for his kid to go up to the race. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. But there's some other, there's some silly season stuff going on here that I, one big one that I really wanted to get your opinion on while we're talking NASCAR. Um, so, there's a big rumor going around that 2311 Racing is going to add a second team next year. And the name that has been, been floated around for that car, almost guaranteed from what I'm hearing, is Kurt Busch. So, if Kurt Busch bring, gets another 2311 car as a teammate to Bubba Wallace, how much do you think that's going to help Bubba and elevate his game? I think it's going to do a lot for him, to be honest. Man, <laughs> Anthony, man. I, <laughs> I just – it should. I mean, it should. You know what I'm saying? But the problem is I just don't think Bubba's that great of a driver, man. I just don't. I'm sorry. I just do not see it, man. And and it's not doesn't have anything to do with his sponsorship capabilities. I'm talking driver aspect. I do Talent. not see it, bro. I just don't see it. And to me, honestly, to me, man, if I could call Michael Jordan and Michael would pick up and just listen to me for about three minutes, I'll say, Michael, can you just put Suarez in that car <laughs> right. and, and and let's just let's just stop the nonsense. And I really think I would really love Suarez. Hey, let me. Was there something that ever went down between Suarez and Hamlin? Didn't they have a little beef or something? Yeah. Well, you remember Suarez was JGR, and he yeah. kind of got the raw end of the deal. At yeah. JGR yeah. And yeah. really got kicked out of his crowd for no reason. I mean, he was yeah. like two years in in the cups. He won the Xfinity Championship. Yeah. Went two years in Cup, and basically had to give his ride up. Uh, you know, for for Truex because Furniture Row, um, you know, folded and he had to get Tru- Truex into that ride. So yeah, yeah, he he doesn't get along too well with the whole Gibbs organization. Okay, to be okay, so yeah, Suarez won't be in that ride. Okay, I just just like I said, I I just really the kid runs so freaking hard and he's so freaking talented, man. And I just think NASCAR, re- I just think NASCAR as a whole really need to look at. Who are the next? Who are the next stars that can elevate this thing? Because let's be honest, Anthony, even hardcores like me and you, we're, we're a little sick of the road coaster races. We're yep. gonna we're we're gonna watch the All Star just to see what's what, but we're not yep. really expecting much out of it. You know what I'm saying? And we're really, I think me and you are really holding on to this new car being the the, the kind of thing that really kind of revives the sport. You know, from that standpoint. Yep. So at least that's how I feel. Yeah, from a 2311 standpoint. So this could either go – I think bringing Kurt – if you're going to add a second car, I think bringing Kurt Bush in is a great idea because Kurt's a veteran. He's probably going to be a short guy. So my, my thought is you bring Kurt in for a year. He runs with the team, helps elevate the team. He rides into the sunset. And then Toyota's got a ton of young talent ready to fill that seat. John Hunter Nemechek's a star that's under the Toyota banner right now. Ty Gibbs is a star that's under the Toyota banner right now. So, you know, you're probably going to bring more than likely John Hunter would be the guy that I would think would then fill that role, you know, elevate him to the Xfinity series next year and Gibbs equipment and then throw him into the, that second car. But the interesting thing is what would Kurt Busch do for Bubba Wallace is my big thing. Cause it could help him, which I think it would, 
Or does Kurt come in and just outrun Bubba completely and make Bubba look like trash? I mean, if Bubba's out there running 18th and Kurt's running in the top five or winning races while Bubba's still running in 15th place, I mean, what's that going to say about Bubba, man? They're running the same equipment. So we know Kurt's a hell of a driver. There's no denying Kurt's talent. So that's going to be interesting. I'm really keeping my eye on how that's going to, how that's playing out, man. So yeah, the, the, the whole deal with 2311 and Gibbs, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the background because the, the other thing, like I said, just named two guys from Toyota that are super talented. Uh, Gibbs is two years away. Ty Gibbs is going to be in cup in two years. He's winning Xfinity. He's dominating Arca. I expect him to go full fledged Xfinity race the next year and then go to the cup series. John Hunter won the truck race again today. He's got like four wins in the trucks. Now he's going to run the Xfinity car for Gibbs, like in the next uh, three races now, including next week. I bet he wins at least one of his three starts and there's no denying he'll be in a cup ride for Toyota. Toyota's not going to let that talent leave them. So, I think Gibbs, JGR as a whole, could really be in for kind of a flip upside down. I don't think Kyle's going to leave, and I don't think, you know, I don't think you're going to kick Truex out quite yet. And, I mean, Bell just got a win, so there's not that many seats to fill. So I'm just looking at, you know, does Danny Hamlin end up having to go drive for his own team, and where does that put Bubba? So the bottom line is if Bubba doesn't perform, there's a lot of young bucks in that Toyota camp that's breathing down his neck to take that ride. So, he he he's got to do something, and they got to elevate the game. Yeah, you're right, man. Like, yeah, it's gonna be. We always talk about it's gonna be put up and shut up time for Bubba. And if it does come over, I think Kurt will do everything in his power to help. But at the same time, Kurt's very competitive. He's a past champion, and he's gonna he's gonna run. You know, he's he's gonna be in that equipment, run hard, and you're nine times out of ten, he'll outperform Bubba, man. Yeah, agreed. And then um, last year, just kind of set silly season. It's going to be crazy next year, man. Like uh, Suarez's team, Trackhouse, they're talking about adding a second car in the next season. 2311's talking about adding a second car. So you've already got Colleg racing, adding that they're, they're going to go full time cup racing next year. So it's going to be crazy. All signs point that that Keselowski uh, Roush deal is a done deal. Everything that that I'm reading, they said the deal is done. It just can't be announced yet due to uh, something in Kez's contract where he'll basically be able to announce it in August is what I'm hearing. But make no mistake about it. It sounds like he bought into Roush Fenway Racing and he's going to be in that six car next year, you know, with the ownership. So, the dominoes are going to fall for silly season. I think you're going to, and that's all we know of for now. There's also, you know, a lot of rumblings about junior motorsports going up to the cup series. Dale junior said on his podcast that, you know, now's the no time would be better than now with this new car to get junior motorsports into the cup series. So it's going to be a very interesting time for NASCAR. And, and you're right. This new car has got to change everything. All-star races tomorrow. I don't really care about the all-star race anymore, man. Like I was telling you last week, I'm going to watch it just because it's on a Sunday night and there's really nothing else going to be going on, but I could care less about what goes on tomorrow. I mean, if Matty D's gets into the race, wins the open and is up there at the end, I'll tune in and I'll be rooting for him like heck. But other than that, I'm just not really all that interested in it. So I think the, the road courses, like I mentioned last week, we're just doing too many of them. It's absolute overkill. They need to get back to running, you know, short tracks, regular mile and a half tracks i love the mile and a half program this year i thought some of the mile and a half tracks were great i thought homestead was a really good race you, you know that they, 
they had some good ones this year. So I'm just ready to get back to that. Vegas was another good one. So I think NASCAR's got to reevaluate the schedule next year. But you're right. I give them one year next year to get the car tomorrow figured out of the next gen car. But next year, I need to see some some glimpses of some of that new style racing. And then by the year after that, man, this thing's got to be full on launch mode because you know it, now now's the time to get NAS get those fans back and to relaunch NASCAR, especially with everything opening back up now. People are thirsting to get back to sports, live sports. And you know as well as I do, if you get a fan into a NASCAR race who has never been or hasn't been for a long time, they get that live action of the track. That could really hook a fan back into watching it. But you got to keep them engaged week in and week out with the TV product. So we'll see, man. It's a do-or-die time for NASCAR. I really feel like it. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. Things are opening up and people are thirsting for action and sports activities and things of that nature. And that's why I really, too, this freaking uh, this playoff rate, this playoff uh, playoffs this year, it needs to be exciting, man. It needs to be. It needs to come down to the wire. Yeah, and look what basketball is doing. I mean, the NBA is must watch right now because of how this playoffs have gone. So, Absolutely. and a lot of, and they're filling the stadiums up. So, like, like I said, me and you've talked about this many times before. There's no better live sporting event than a live NASCAR race. I mean, That's it is right. bar none better than anything. So, if we can get these fans into the track, they will get hooked. The the thing of it is, we got to keep the TV product so good that it keeps them hooked from week to week to week. Because when they go live, they're gonna love it, and then they're gonna want to watch it on TV the next week. And if the product's not not there, you're gonna lose them quick. So they they got to keep them hooked. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Hey, real quick, let's talk just a little bit, Cal, before we get off of here, man. Um, Sounds good. I, I, yeah. And I just like I, I keep going back to it, man. Dak is primed and ready to go. The guy looks great. He's leading. He's saying that the people that did not make it or whatever, that they're going to be behind and they're going to have to try to catch up on their own because this ship is moving. And I, I just feel that this guy is ready to really lead this team to a championship, man. Yeah, his mind and his body. Man, I saw a. Picture I think sent. I sent it to you. Oh that I sent you that photo. Yes. Man, his legs look like Nick Chubb's legs. I mean, he looks like he's got tree trunks on his lower body, man. I mean, guys absolutely jacked. Um, you're right, do or die team. And I love, I know he got some flack this week for whatever reason by like the idiots of Skip Bayless, but God, man, the the Jordan contract to me, I love that. Like let Jordan brand go to Dak and Dak is Jordan doesn't endorse losers. Right. So give exactly. Dak the pressure and he's ready to win the thing, man. So exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm all in for this year. A Zeke and is absolutely shredded. It looks like to me, Dak is shredded. Everybody's out there ready to do their thing. And I'm just, I'm excited. And, for it, and they're, and they're signing their, uh, they're signing their rookies, the contracts now. Uh, yep. Michael Parsons was signed. I think the third Kelvin Joseph signed the day. I think the, uh, the other I think they got one left. So, yeah, so they're, they're, things are, things are happening, man. Um, um, I saw where, uh, golly, what was it? One, one more thing. I saw where I was actually wrong about uh, Tony Pollard, dude. My, my mistake, my apologies. He seems to be having a great camp. Um, I don't know where I saw that information. It probably was a fake story or something. You know how sometimes you yeah. click on things. But apparently he's been having a real good camp. And I saw that on um, 
on DallasCowboys.com. So, yeah, my apologies on that. Maybe I saw some fake site or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pumped about the Cowboys. But Dak is the guy that has me impressed. Just his overall leadership, his he's not selling for mistakes. He's getting on everybody, man, everybody. And I'm very happy about that, you know. Yeah, this is like we talked about, man. This is I know we say this every year and it's like a broken record, but this is the year they have to, you know, get themselves over the hump. Um, But it just it's game by game is how they have to look at this thing. They've got to get through this early part of the season, get through the tough scheduling and, you know, go out and win football games. That's really the bottom line. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care if it looks pretty or whatever, but just win, baby. As they used to say, just win. So that's what I'm looking for, man. They they just get they got to go out here and and they got to win. And they're capable. There's no more excuses. They've got to win. I I believe Mike McCarthy's job's on the line this year. Would, would you too. agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he's got to go to the NFC Championship game where he's fired. That that's yep. my opinion. Um, and I think I don't even think that. I think if they don't go to the NFC Championship game, obviously. Not Dak, but I think I think Jerry's blowing this thing up if they don't get to the NFC Championship game this year. I think you're going to see a lot of changes if this team does not perform this year. Obviously, Dak's going to stay put because you just gave him, you know, $55 million. He's still going to be the core. But I could see a lot of these guys, you know, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, obviously Jalen, Van Der Esch, some of these guys that have been here for a while. I could see D-Law. I could see a lot of these guys get blown up if they don't win this thing this year. And rightfully so, man. We've been waiting for this for a couple years now. They've been right on the brink, and, you know, they have so much talent. I think they're ready to pounce and get it done this year. Yeah, man, absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Just looking forward to this season, and I still say that they're going to upset Tampa in that first game. I really believe that, man. I, I agree. Hey, one last thing here before we get off, because uh, I forgot to mention this when we talked NBA. So I'm going to bring it back uh, to the NBA here. One last just little little debate, and then we'll get off. Um, man, ESPN, let me just tell you, when ESPN doesn't have Mark Jackson and uh, uh, Van Gundy on, this secondary crew is trash, by the way. They are terrible. They're talking about a Stephen A. Smith topic at the end of that Clippers game. Can you believe that Stephen A. Smith said that Donovan Mitchell was the best player in jazz history? I just – I know how you feel about Stephen A. because you feel close to I do. I just need your reaction on that. I meant, to, I meant to ask you it via text, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to save it for the pod. I, I just – I'm to the point now, man, where it doesn't even – it just shows me that this guy is so disconnected from actual tr- NBA <laughs> Uh, you know, where he cut his teeth on and he earned his reputation and things of that nature. Stephen A is all television now, man. And he says those things to absolutely be polarizing and get uh, people talking, things of that nature. I don't even, be honest with you, I, I don't even, when I see stuff like that, I don't click on it because if I do, I'm going to fire off a tweet. And I, I just don't want to do that anymore. So I just say, you know what? That's old Stephen A. Clown. That's what I call him, bro. <laughs> I I didn't see him say it, but they brought it up on the on the telecast tonight. Oh, I saw there, it. I clicked and I was, on it where he said it. I it, it was horrible, bro. <laughs> I mean, has he 
did did I fall asleep and and did did was John Stockton and Carl Malone a dream of mine? Did that not happen? Or yeah. I'm just, hey, I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I like listen. Donovan Mitchell. He's a really good player, but come on, man. You can't put him above Stockton or Malone bro, yet. Not bro, even close. Look, look, man. I just just like I said, I almost fired up a tweet, but I said, you know what? Nope, Stephen A. You're not gonna get me this time, pal. You do not have control over me anymore, Stephen A. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> so so that one I had to get you on that one and then I gotta yeah. get you on one more because they've been throwing this topic around this week too. What is all this blasphemy about Chris Paul being a top five point guard of all time? They've been running this oh topic God. everywhere. Even if Chris Paul wins a title, he's not a top five point guard of all time. And and you know what? Nobody's put Steve Nash up there. Steve Nash is in my top five of all time. I can't believe people legitimately have CP3 in their top five over Jason man. Kidd, Steve Nash. I'm like, these dude, guys are crazy, man. Dude, it, it is I, – I tell you, debate TV is killing kids. <laughs> It's those guys, man. Those guys are so those guys are so off the reservation now with these topics. It's unbelievable, man. That's why that's why I just laugh at it anymore because it, it's like who can say the most outlandish thing and and get the the clicks, get the uh, the, the the you know the people talking. That's what it's there for, and I get it. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I like Chris Paul. I, you know, he was great for, for us in the Clippers. But even if he wins a title this year at Phoenix, he's not a top five point guard of all time. It's just not. I love Kawhi. I love him to death. But I would never sit out here and say, hey, man, Kawhi is a top five player in NBA history. Come yeah. on, he's not even close. Yeah. So, like, exactly. I don't know. It just it, it drives me nuts. And some of these topics are just laughable. I, just, I had to get your – your reaction of it and you know one of these days you know me and you on one of these off-season pods where there's not much going on in sports we need to go through and give a true top 20 you know NBA players go through and kind of give it because man there's a lot of players these guys don't talk about but I, I gotta tell you for CNA to say that Stockton and Malone both would be in my top 20 all time. So for him to put Donovan Mitchell above him, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He's crazy. Hey, real, real quick, I'm going to give you my top five NBA players of all time, okay? All right. Right off the top here. No right. pre-done nothing. No, Just right nothing. off your head. Right off the top of my head. MJ, LeBron, Magic, Kareem, Bird. I mean, you can't argue with that at all. I I go MJ LeBron one two. There's no doubt about that. All the debating starts at three, four, and five to me. So I'm not going to give you mine yet because I would need some time to think about it. Sure, but sure. I mean, you're. I can't. I sure there might be some guys I'm not thinking about, but God dang, that top five is pretty damn good to me. I mean, I can't think of anybody else that I would say absolutely should be in there so and and, and number in number six would be and actually you could flip-flop bird and tim duncan seriously you can flip-flop those guys but th those are my top five is six guys of all time and then number seven is kobe and then you know go from there <laughs> yeah i mean i even agree with your top seven man i mean i I would probably put Kobe in my top five, but right. the problem is if I put Kobe in my top five, who are you taking out? That's the issue. Like, I can't take Larry Bird out. You can't take Robertson out. You can't take Kareem out. So what are you doing? So exactly. like we say, Kobe and Kobe and MJ, or uh, I'm sorry, LeBron and MJ are one, two, and there's 
there's no debating that. So, right, yeah, right. man, we'll have to do some of these because I'm really interested. We, I'd like to we, do. You uh, know what? We can do top twenty in all sports. I'm, I was I'm, about to say we yeah. we got to roll. We got to roll top at least top ten for NASCAR too. NASCAR drivers too because oh, I know yeah. we could get a. That could be pretty interesting too. That's so. right. That's right. Yep. So yeah, man. But yeah, these debate shows here, they're they're just about done. So once they we are, get man. here to where the NBA, you know, finishes up before we get to the NFL, we'll definitely have to slide some of these uh top ten, top twenty shows in there. I think they'd be be a pretty good listen. Uh, oh, yeah. to get our absolutely. numbers and yeah, kind of we can go back and forth a little bit on it. Absolutely, man. And, absolutely. and by the way, I did I did know that like everybody in your front seven's a Laker, but like two guys just <laughs> just, <laughs> just you know, I did notice that. So but I'm not I'm a, your your list was good, man. I can't even argue. <laughs> but they are well, all Lakers. Well, well look man, this has been great. We brought it into Sunday morning so I can say have a great rest of your morning, bro. Have a good day and uh we'll 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 text back and forth uh, when this you know this nascar race see what it see what it amounts to all right sounds good man we'll have to do it next week and hopefully we're talking about clipper sons next week when we get back on here absolutely no man all right all right have a good one bro you too man all right